Welcome to Eagle Nation. Your hosts are Waza, Dan and Wayne. Right, welcome to this week's show. We will review the big clash between the Eagles and the Giants and then we will preview the big game coming up against the Tigers this week. It'll be our first game back in the Queensland hub. So don't forget to join us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Okay, you going, Dan and Wayne? Good, good day. Yeah, very good, mate. Eight in a row, so feeling pretty good. Yes, eight in a row, and we're just about, as I just said at the top of the show, we're about to play our second of five games in 19 days. Um, So it's Eagles versus Tigers this Thursday night, and then one coming up four days later against Essendon at 6.10 in the Gabba. So it's going to be interesting. Um, Let's get into some footy talk with Ruse and Eagles both at the Hub and Sanctuary Cove. I put this on social media, I reckon... Round 18, like we said last week, will definitely be an opposite. over. What do you reckon, boys? Well, the big story out is that the Eagles are going to buy that as a home game off of the Kangaroos. Dan and me were talking about this earlier, and then that's what it's sounding like by the yeah. sound of it. So Can- everyone's going to make money out of it. It's a mutual thing too, because Kangaroos want to play here because they're in debt and they need the money, and they realise playing at Metricon money, they'll get further in debt if they move that... Cause because it's obviously their home game. So they obviously get the most of the door yeah. tickets and, you know, the money through that way. And it, it's funny, I said the same thing to Wayne, that uh, it's funny they've uh, realised that they're in debt, so they'll play a game at the stadium to make money. Mm. It's amazing how the kangaroos can figure that out, but the AFL officials, the big weeds, can't figure out to play more games there. Well, it's funny that you just said that, because we've got a question on Instagram from Phil. Um, he's a long-time listener. He said, the Dreamtime game in the Northern Territory looked great, especially to welcome the country. Would it be a good, a good idea for us to buy a home game of a struggling Victoria team and play it in Northern Territory in Darwin next year with our own Eagles game sort of thing yeah, around Dreamtime? I think we like, we like going up The Eagles like playing up there because they've always played well yeah. up there. I think it'd be a good idea. We played more Alice Springs. I, I think we the do mate, go up I think the way you find though that I believe on the Dreamtime gun they only got about six thousand people there. Yeah. So Yeah, that but that was, was capped. Yeah. If you're doing it post COVID, you can get fifteen thousand in there. Yeah. So it's still a good crowd. Mm. Um, at T O Stadium, I think you can get a little bit more, which is Alice Springs. Yeah. 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 Um Maybe an unpopular call, but no. I think the AFL should look at playing a game there every year for Dream Team. I think the atmosphere is great. But for us, I've always felt, and I think we've mentioned this a long time ago on podcasts, that we should be able to purchase these games. And I think we mentioned after the Easter block bus between Saints and Ruse one year that they only got a crowd of 17,000. And I said... If the AFL is so worried about making money and these struggling clubs and even look at it, the grand final is always at MCG because of crowd numbers. Well, the same rules should apply during the year. So a struggling club that can use money should sell games to even Dockers to take the, you know, roast in the glass off. It doesn't even have to be Eagles because you're then going to get the forty to 50,000 people at that stadium. And it will equal even up the competition. And I think now the Vicks, being with this COVID thing, are starting to realise what we deal with every year, mm. the fact that you don't get all these home games. We're like, they're worried about us having six games in a row in WA, where Tigers had 10 in a row in Victoria, nine at their home ground. Um, so just even the competition up, one or two games, that's all you need. If you moved one or two games here, 
that would go so far that even the whole competition and it would help the AFL too. The Gold Coast have done it. They did it two years ago. Mm. And I can see struggling teams like North Melbourne and maybe the Bulldogs and stuff like that, especially going through with all the changes going to happen. I can see a lot more Victorian teams thinking, yeah, let's go to Hobbes and get a full crowd. Yes, I agree. But not only that too, uh, the first one we had here, Cats vs Pies, that was a great turn. Victorian teams, a lot of them do have a great following in Western Australia. Mm. And funny enough, North Melbourne too have actually quite a strong following yeah. here. Um, so it doesn't sorry, necessarily sorry. have to be, yeah, <laughs> I'll pray for them. But um, it doesn't necessarily have to be a lower team because you do have these big, like, get the marquee Vic teams here. Play these games because you do have the supporters here as well. Like, Yeah, well, it's interesting. We're just talking about games. It's 51 days since the last game was played in Victoria. So that'd be hateful. Oh, it's killing. I, look, I must say, look, I'm a real football, big like we all are, football follower. I miss the Victorian games. I really miss the games in Victoria because I like. We got a great supporter base ourselves in Victoria, but I miss the crowd atmosphere that oh, the big games so. like the Geelong and, and um, Hawthorne games and the Pies and the Carlton games. They're, they're great games to watch. And when it all comes back, which if you if you project it, it's not going to be anytime soon, and. This, the start of next year, there's there's probably going to be no crowds in Melbourne still. They'll be playing games there, but they might not be people in there. Um, they'll be small. They won't be selling. Be small they won't be selling. And it's going to be a while before you sell out the MCG again. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting that that's come up. And COVID's probably for they have found to wake up. COVID's come at the right time because I don't think anything would have moved. In what what we're saying, if COVID hadn't hit, it would have mm. been the same old, same old shit. I think the teams. I think a lot of the Victorian teams are now respecting what Eagles, Dockers, Adelaide, to a lesser extent, what it's like to travel every second yeah. week and yeah. be away from your Very family, much so, be yeah. away. Yeah, you know, a whole new. It's a whole different ball game. Well, let's uh, talk a bit of another footy news. AFL clubs in the any any. AFL is no longer. That's right. So the teams in Queensland, New South Wales, will have to join the Victorian AFL, uh, second-tier competition. Um, and it's just interesting that Brad Scott is heading up that now. Hmm. He's the head of AFL Victoria. So they can either have their own standalone team or align with an existing second-tier club like, say, Williamstown and stuff like that. But you'd say Brisbane and all that would be putting their own side in. Yeah, and the Eagles and Dockers already said they can't join that competition because they can't afford it. And same as Adelaide and the Crows. Yeah. So they'll... The way I've understand it, and this is what I've heard and I've read, heard from someone and I've read as well, that uh, Eagles are favouring to go back to the player allocation to the league clubs in the waffle. If that's not going to be... Um, work, Simo is actually stated, and he's said it on record, that he's quite happy. He quite likes the scrimmage, what they do with the scrimmaging. Um, that's his view. Uh, yeah, he said everything works out. But the, the big favour is, is to go back to allocate players to waffle teams again, which I think would be great for the waffle myself. I, I, think, I, really it comes, I think it comes down to, and what I've heard, and we talked off air, so I won't go through it on air, but basically it's all going to do... To be the list sizes, that's going to have a big say in a lot of it, because if it's thirty-five on your main list and you've got sixteen on the supplementary list, 
it'd be easier to keep the control of that in their own team. Mm. And that's what the AFL want. And there is a there is a lot of angst about from the Queensland and New South Wales associations too, because it's not every team has been invited into that competition. There's teams who have have been just pushed They've been pushed out. They're going to have to go and play amateurs or something. Yeah, well, that's it's, it's COVID's going to do weird things. I've always said the Waffle is a feeder club. I mean, a feeder comp, and that's all it is. And going forward, I can see the Colts because another thing with that was. The under seventeens and uh, under sixteens and eighteens now becomes under seventeens and nineteens, and that brings it in line with the Colts over here. Mm. And I think the Colts will become a premier competition in each state. See, mm. it's just what bad timing. So all this favours the eastern clubs again. You yeah. know, I think it, I think for them it's great. The net knee or whatever you want to call it is a struggling comp. It doesn't do well. Their their seconds tier is bad. Like like yeah, it is. It's really bad. So to be able to form this VFL or East Coast mm. waffle, so to speak, would be great for them. But it's not great for us. And what bad timing when we've just lost our our own, you know, standalone club. And it's sad because that reinvigorated my interest in the waffle. I loved it. We even had a segment whilst it was going where we actually talked about the waffle players and how all these young kids are going. And we've lost that now. Well, and, I'm just going to cut in here. Basically, it's the it's the VFL rebadging what they were going to do anyway, which was an AFL reserves, expecting everyone to join it. Mm. But West Coast, Fremantle, Adelaide, and Port said they're not. Yeah, yeah, but and that's I, all it is. But again, it's like we touched on in the like the AFL teams how much the travel is and how much of a toll it takes and mm. how they start to realise this. That was the um, excuse Sam Mitchell actually said when he went back to Hawthorne. He says, travelling every second week and only being able to spend every second weekend with your family, having our family, is a vicious toll on you. And he was just the assistant coach. Mm. Imagine what it's like for a player who would be younger with, like, not always, but with younger family. But do you know what I'd love to see? And this is a bit of a left-field comment. I'd love to see the Sandfall and Waffle do something together. Uh, it's funny you say that. I was about to say the same thing. Yeah, I would what, love that. What would you guys think if the Sandfall and the Waffle got together yeah. and they formed their own competition? Just like awesome. the AFL. I reckon yeah. it would be a real It would be great. It would be a winner. I reckon because they'll get a lot of crowds to that. Yeah. And it would uh, make a bit of a rivalry too. See, Port's yeah. already got their magpies. You know, they, they wouldn't make their own stand mm. one. And Adelaide Crows is affiliated. Correct me if I'm wrong. I've forgotten the name. They've but it's affiliated? Their, no, they've got, they got their own. Yeah, they've got what, is it, what, is, what does anyone know off the top of their head? So I've yeah, they're both know. crows and port. Yeah, yeah, but the port's magpies. And but crows is a crows. Yeah, so Dan, they're a standalone team as well. Yeah, so that's that's what I'm saying. That's great. And then you bring their sample sides, you know, the strong ones over. Uh, Eagles and Dockers can then have their reserves, and then you know we bring our waffle teams over. You know what I mean? And it would be like the amount of teams that AFL almost has, and the rivalry. I just think. That would really reinvigorate both states, and we're footy states. That's mm. what's really annoying me with all this Queensland talk. I lump South Australia with us, that we are footy states. So I reckon that would be brilliant for our codes. And it's only a two-hour plane flight from here to South Australia. So if there's anyone two that's tech-savvy out there, cut that out, post it on there. Dan and Wayne said it first. You heard it here on Eagle Nation. <laughs> I reckon it's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, get a waffle, get them in. Before we get into talk about the footy, this is a question for me to you guys. Who's leading the Brownlow? Lockie Neal. If, if you reckon Lockie Neal? I don't uh, think it's Lockie Neal at all. I don't. 
I've been watching a lot of Brisbane games. Mm. It won't be. It oh. won't be Nick now. That's no. been. Tra- oh, I've heard he's a smoky. No. It won't. No, I, I, no the I midfielder. I reckon Petrucca's like three, three, four games in front of. Mm, no, I, I would have thought Lockie Neal. Well Melbourne's just so hot and cold, and when they're hot and cold, their players are hot and cold. Just, you I, can't back them. I know it sounds harsh, but you can't. Look, like so, Nick Nat, Nick Nat, right? Yeah. Let's have a look at him in isolation. Last six weeks, he has turned on um, a highlight package. Yep. He's in the middle of the ground where the midfielders are. He's in our buyer's view all the time. He's hitting to advantage. He would definitely have to get a few free votes in no, the six games. He will poll. I'm not saying he won't poll. Hmm. It'll be a dream for me. But I, I look at it. We dropped those three games. We won't get any votes in that. Hmm. Melbourne, he wasn't standing though. And then... The eight we've won in a row, I don't think... Even last week he had a great game, but we all agreed. Was I think it, in hindsight we kind of said Barass almost was there and he got the coaches' votes. Yeah. Um, McGov, I reckon he had a great first quarter. And we won't talk about too much, but Gov, I reckon, would have stole votes. Mm. So we'll leave the, that yeah. deeper conversation. Below. I just think, and it's always happened with the Eagles... We always still vote for each other. We don't have big poll getters because we're all about the tens yeah, and the eleven to votes. Me, to me, Gaff took the first lot of yeah. votes, and Nick Nats take the second lot, and he'd be probably third or fourth in line. You get votes. Mm. Look, Grundy's had a magnificent year last year, and I think he polled sixteen. I think it was in the end. Well, who was the last? Yeah. We're going to quickly get under. Who was the last Ruckman to win the Brownlow? Good. No, no. Yeah, He's good. 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 Won it once when he was a Ruckman, wouldn't it? Jimmy uh, Steins or Jimmy Steins? No, but when uh, the, the freeway tie, he was in the rut. Yeah, was he? he wasn't. You just didn't man. think he of that, did you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get on and talk about this game that just went. Uh, that was the uh, Eagles versus the Giants. It's the final siren. All right, twenty-seven thousand three hundred and thirty-nine people in the house. The biggest crowd this year at an AFL game, not just Optus. And the Eagles scraped home by 12 points, uh, 9 goals, 761, 7 to 7749. The Giants, uh, Darling kicked 3, Archie 2, and for Giants, Riccardi got 2, and then the rest were singles. Um, we were 37 points up with about 6 minutes to go, and the Giants kicked 4 goals to peg it back to 2 goals. I don't think Summer would have been happy with that, guys. What do you reckon? Good, no. A very weird game, wasn't it? All goals were kicked in bunches. It wasn't like goal for goal. Yeah, it was momentum swings. It was. It was like we yeah. had a handful of goals, they had a handful of goals, and it swapped and changed like four times, and that's just the way the game was played, Sam. I, I thought our first quarter was the best quarter we played in two years. That's Very the best good. football I've seen we played in two years. It was the best quarter without, without that the teams played, and the best quarter I've seen one individual play this year in Nick Nabnui. Um, we talked off air. He had eight touches, six clearances to himself, and one goal. Um, it was just a brilliant display of, of football. Great for, first quarter, yeah. For a great first quarter. Now, off air, we just said he died in the rest of the game. Um, and he got votes. So on our Facebook page, he got votes. He got second, didn't he? No, yeah. oh, I still had him he in got second, right? yeah. He got second, now, second votes for his... We'll go back a couple of weeks before... And one person had a very good first 10 minutes of the game and didn't do anything until the last 10 minutes of the game. And we're going best on ground. Yeah, and you complain. Yeah, and you complain saying now, it shouldn't have happened. To me, to me there's no difference. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying it was best on ground because I put Gov just ahead of him, but only just. But this is where it comes down to. Does that one quarter... 
performance stick in an umpire's mind and he gets votes for Brownlow. See, the... So, you know he I mean? might get votes for Brownlow. They like Nick, though. He's got the flair. He's Go not going to poll... He's not going to poll that yeah. much for the whole thing. But the thing with that is, if you have one great quarter and that helps you to win a game, then, yes, you still are one of the best on ground. And I remember the Josh Kennedy thing. I had him as best on ground because I felt he won that game. You wouldn't have a bar of it. <laughs> and now you want to tell me Nick that had great... And that was the best first quarter I've seen from a Ruckman. And I'm talking about my favourite, Dean Cox. I've never seen Dean Cox do that in a quarter. But he died. And it sounds horrible, but he did. You said he had eight disposals. He had six clearances. You look at his all stats for the rest Mm. of the game. Yeah. He couldn't even get... He got about half of what he got in that first quarter in the three combined. His tap work's always still A-grade. The tap work was still always there. And... It wasn't so much his unfit or anything like Mum, a coach isn't going to let a ruckman do that. When, Mumford really clamped down on him after that. You, you said it off air went in waves, and it did go in waves. He was kicked uh, five goals, and then uh, Giants hit one goal six by half time, and then Eagles in the third quarter kicked three or four. Three. But three. But that was on the back of Nick Napnui getting another wave. In the last quarter, again, Mumford got on top. They made some changes in the guts. I just, I just, like you said, I just wanted to highlight how that one good quarter can make you a best on ground sometimes. Mm. I wouldn't have had, yes, but not best on as in like, but basically, J- yeah. JK, we did. Yeah, but see, he still did a bit in the first quarter. He still competed. Well, and he had one and kick in the first three. quarter. I went back. No, one goal. Yeah, one goal, one kick. Yeah, he's a forward. I want him to kick goals. <laughs> yeah, but this is what I'm saying. What are you saying? Are you saying... I'm that, saying that we go... So back. he's not worthy of votes, was it? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm not saying that. But then Josh Kennedy wasn't worthy of I'm votes. A, no, I'm saying Yes, Josh. you did. If they I'm go saying, back, was it? I'm saying Josh Kennedy... Ding, 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 ding. I think we need to bring Wayne in here and yeah. ask him, did he or did he not say Josh Kelly because he did most of it in one quarter was not he worthy did. of he being did. best on ground or even top three? I said he wasn't best on ground. I didn't say he didn't get votes. I you said he wasn't said best on ground. If we yeah. go back... And I'll go back and I'll cut it in. Yeah, I didn't say he was best on ground. If only we recorded this, you, you said, said top three. Ground, I said yeah, he I did. So did I, and I thought he was best on ground. And, and I, I said he wasn't. Let me say last week. Liam, yeah, I was the one saying he was best on ground. Liam Ryan took... Four marks, uh, all highly contested marks, great marks. He got top votes last week. Now he got three goals. Now was he best on ground? No, yes, he, wasn't. he was. He, he was. I, I Tommy, Tom, sorry, Tommy Barras was. But Tommy Barras. In, in hindsight, we all looked in back this on week, that. Though, yeah. If Jeremy Govan was not three votes in that game, people weren't watching anything. That's it. Because so he was best on... Hey, I'm not, I'm not saying Nick was best on ground, but I'm just, I'm just highlighting that you can have one good quarter of football and some people will see that as a best on ground performance. And, you know, and a lot of people did. But to me, McGovern was... Well, well they, they're calling him Specky McGovern now. Hmm. Now, to me, he's a person, he won the game for us. And you know what people... He won the game for us. And I'm coming from... Poor person, person they fall back most of their lives. <laughs> and you know the people that frustrate that they don't look at is the spoils. Now he's yep. he's spoiling on the weekend and brass, brass to a lesser extent, but McGovern not only was his intercept marking was outstanding, and I've been very critical of him not playing on players, but he beat his opponent, killed him, that yeah, young blonde guy, can't remember his name, killed him. And his spoiling, his spoiling was outstanding. It was yeah. just first class. The, the whole back he six. almost took a specky but didn't yeah. grab the mark. He went the yeah. spoil. And to me, that was just as good as 
the specky yeah. dictator. And the whole back six, let's just quickly talk about yeah. it. I know we get up in emotions here and who's messing around <laughs> and who's that. Um, but the whole back six, well, I'll call it the back eight, actually, hmm. because Rotham played his best game for the Eagles. Oh, by far his best by game. game one, but and he, 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 was, yeah. he was brilliant, but... He, he was, was my hard luck story. He, he was lost in the one quarter possessed by Nick Nat and the Specky Marks uh, by McGovern. Barras did his job. Shep did his job. That it forced them to put Green in the guts in the last quarter. Hmm. That's how good Shep was, but, you know, um, people just... Probably expect that of Shep every week now. Um, Duggan played well. Duggan played good. Nelson played good. Cole played good. Put his body in line you know, a few times, um, Cole, didn't he? A lot he? of people have bagged. I've always bagged Cole last year. I thought he had the worst season ever. But he's he's found his mojo again. And that, that back line is what keeps the Eagles winning because, it, once again, another team had more inside 50s, but they lost. Oh, I definitely agree. I... Um for just because it's revolved around the conversation of votes, I had Gov three top player. Then I did have Nick Nat, uh, and then as one I had Darling. Rotham was the one I was really debating whether should mm. I have him in there. Yeah. But you know me, I always say I love the forwards. If yeah. you're kicking goals, you're doing your job. Um, but you made a comment I found interesting. A star player can win a game in a quarter of footy. Yeah. I voted Josh Kennedy against the Cats because that's exactly what he did. He yeah. won that game in the last quarter, in my mm. opinion. Nick Nat gave us a, a first quarter blitz that got us in prime position to win the to game. Win the game. Yeah. And McGovern down back like you touched on. And we'll say McGovern because that was his best game for the year, but it was a team effort just made sure they could never get that back. Mm. Even when they were coming, and momentum switching happening every game, it's not fun to watch sometimes, but they happen. But as a defensive unit, and I think Wayne loves this because he loves his defenders, they defended so well. And all over the... And you watch that. If you watch, like, behind-the-goal vision, they cover for each other so well. They're Mm. so well drilled that when McGovern's reading the play and saps off his player to take an inset mark, just to make sure a Cole will swing in and take his loose player. And you watch it happens game after game. It's just so great to see. And that's what actually won us the game. Nick Nat got us in the position to win the game. Gov won it. And just quickly, when Nick Nat's firing, he's our barometer right now. Without Yo and Redden, we really feel it as a midfield unit, so we need Nick Nat firing. When Mumford locked down on him and he wasn't firing was whenever they had the momentum swing because we lacked that little bit of extra grunt that Redden and Yo would give us. I think uh, their midfield was, of the Giants was pretty good all game and probably it's why because Shui had two touches at halftime. Mm. Kelly wasn't dominant. Um but they had key players, Green and Cameron, that were quiet. Cameron's having probably the worst season he's had in AFL. Probably got million dollar a year thing on his brain. Uh, Kelly was probably the best for the Giants. But this question for you, we just pumped up the Eagles' back line. Who in the back line was on a first gamer who took 10 marks and two goals and probably get rising star this week in Riccardi? That would have been... They actually... Uh, uh, Nelson was on him for Nelson a bit. For a and while. then Rotham was even on him for a bit. It's it's hard to say it because we just... We, as I said, we we, we, we don't... Lock, we do. And Riccardi um, had a great... He was up the ground a lot. Okay, so he so played through the midfield as well. When he played deep, you'd get the Barass on him. Mm. But then what happened... And uh, Gov was actually on him for a while. Mm. But as soon as Riccardi pushed up, what was happening was Gov was coming back because he knew he was letting him do it. 
And I've seen that. So a lot of the time, Gov was on him, and he let him go up the ground. I find that the Eagles, with first gamers and other teams, don't give them as much respect. <laughs> and I think uh, I'm going to go back and try and find out, but I think we've had the most Norwich Rising Star nominees against us. <laughs> and um, I- I'd be stunned if that kid doesn't get Norwich Rising Star for that, or whatever it is, the NAB Rising Star. Yeah. Because he was pretty good for a first gamer. He played like he was a seasoned footballer. Yeah. I and think there was something good about him. And he was the last pick in the draft for the Giants. Yeah. He's a mature... I think he's a mature age player. Mm. So he impressed me. Um, like we said, uh, the scoreboard probably flattered Giants in the end. They hit the last four goals. Um, we won the game. We won eight in a row. And now we're going to go and play the Tigers. I think two good things too is that Again, um, Toby Green, a great player. I've got a lot of time for him. Beaten by the best halfback flanker in the competition Shepard, that nobody yeah. gives credit to because there's another one on his scalp in Brad Shepard. And I was great. And I made a comment, and I've been very critical of this guy, but Brown has played a really good game. Oh. Still can't kick that well. Yeah, he's kicking, lets him down, but lets him down at times. But he's, I, I'm impressed the way he's playing yeah, that high forward because I'll tell you now, our forwards, other than Darling, Kennedy, uh, and Liam Ryan are not doing enough. We're going to get come unstuck at some game. When we play a really good team, uh, Cripps is not doing enough. You can put all your pressure at crap in all you want. Yeah. The pressure at, to me, is someone... So he's not chasing Because they're chasing five metres, that's all it's a pressure at. It's a load of bullshit. Yeah, he's not I, I could chase you guys much. five metres down the road, and that's a pressure at. That's crap. You'd probably catch me too, Wayne. I'm not as fit as I used oh, to be. <laughs> well, you know, he's got to get on the scoreboard, and he's got to start getting agree. some possessions. Archie got in the road a bit in the first half. Yeah. In the second half, he was pretty good. I liked his game. He'll hold his spot. And I'm going to quickly... I'm going to, no, I'll bring it up in no, the next... No, I want to talk about Brandon some more. 474 metres gained. Yeah, most for the entire club. That, man? He kicks, it. he kicks. He's kicking... He's, he, he's the new Maston. So <laughs> he will... No, it's true. Because his kicking's not that bad, but when he messes it up, it's a bad, bad mess. mess up. Yeah. So it sticks out in your brain. He's the one that actually got it to... Josh Kennedy of that beautiful kick. Yeah, first one. Yeah, beautiful it was beautiful. Kick was a floater. Uh, it was the best floater ever. It went year. exactly where it wanted to, but how good was that mar- contested mark he took from that knick-knack clearance where it was two on one and his mark sandwiched between these two Giants played took an awesome contested mark. It was beautiful. And people that listen to the podcast know I'm actually, I rave about Brand. I'm a big fan, but I'm just so glad he's doing things on the field so people can see why I am a big fan because mm. I knew he was a good mark and I knew he had pace for it all. He's got great skill. I'm gonna, we're going to get into the next uh, segment. One quick answer, yes or no. When Nick Nat knew he'd been an All-Australian Ruckman. Yes. yes. Good. Oh, that was good. Love it, yeah. <laughs> it's bounced down. All right, we played the Tigers this Thursday night at 5pm at Metricon. They have a five-day break. We have a four-day break. Then we've got another four-day break before we play, take on Essendon. Uh, the Tigers, they only won by 12 points over the Bombers, but I don't know if you watch the game, it's probably scoreboard flat at Essendon. Um, yeah, Tigers kicked 10 goals, 13, and Essendon kicked 10 goals, 1, so that's what kept them in the game. Mm. Um, I think this is going to be our biggest test for the year. We all saw that Lynch got off on his third offence this week, so what did you see about that quickly, boys? Oh, I thought that was pretty soft. Anyway. I thought it was... Uh- Shocking. I wanted him went to the tribunal. Yeah, I wanted agreed. him to go because of his history, but they don't take that into account. So as an isolated incident, you can't go for that. I actually thought if they're going to give our um, fines to 
Vlaston and um, Grimes to stage, and Hurley should have got one. Hurley should have got one. He should have got two because weeks for Faker. That, to me, was soft as butter, and you saw straight after, if you watch the actual game, as soon as he'd done it and didn't get a free, he just went off. Now, if he was really hurt, he would have been going on about it. To me. Yeah, I think he accentuated it. Yeah, but to me, they're so vastly different. It wasn't a pure... Like, he did get a cop... A, hit, a blow to the chest and in the throat. Just wasn't significant. It wasn't yeah, like no, a wind-up punch. He yeah, he over-exaggerated. The other two faked it. Completely faked it. Vlosten's Vlosten's, Vlosten's oh, was uh, uh, tapped on the shoulder and he's from, whipped his head when back. When you watch it from the and other side, yeah. Kane Corn said this and he got slammed for it because a lot changed the game. Yeah. They won by two goals. The tip of the kicked the goal... It got reversed, and they scored a goal from there. There's your 12-goal turnover. And then Boston got 50. It was the light. Yeah, but it's still a push in the back. No, you're allowed to touch people in the back yeah, now. It's not. Push. There's no hands in the rules now. I thought it was he a didn't push. Thing. Was he? Did he, he have hands? Grimes, you Grimes. No, no way. I thought. I thought he touched him, but yeah. And you're allowed to touch in the back. They changed the rules. Ten meters down the ground. No way. That was bullshit. I actually thought. And I'm not here about defending him. I thought Grimes would have got a week because it's the second time he's done it. Yeah. But, and like you said, it's cost Desert and a goal, and Richmond went and got a goal. But I thought the free kick was there, regardless if he, he no, I don't it on or not. I, I don't agree with that at all. I think there was no two-way momentum with Stringer. I don't think he there was a forceful push at all. The, the rules of hands in the back and touching the back is gone now. Forceful. Yeah, well, then it's not a free kick because you're allowed to touch him in the back. So if you push, if you push off, if you push off with your elbow, it depends on how hard you push it. You can still be yeah, but that's what I'm saying. I don't think it was a push. I think he was just touched him basically, and he's Superman dove away. And let's be honest, the AFL obviously thought the same thing because they fined him. But then the Vlosten was also a 50 meter penalty. Cost a goal. There's 18 points now. But that was a joke. And they won. For that. That's a, that yeah, that's ridiculous. And this joke. is the thing. Oh, People would make the comment. Oh, just one quick thing. They make the comment like, oh, Essendon were flattered and that. But they're not because Richmond didn't play good footy. A GWS had better stats than us on the weekend, but we played the better footy yeah. and we won. So you don't but win score, the stats and guarantee a win. Score, score bread pressure. Pressure tells you a lot. Yeah. And if they had kicked straight, that game would have been over at half time. But that's my point is they're not kicking yeah. straight, so that's why they're not playing well. Um, but, yeah, I just thought I'm, I'm glad they both got fine. I thought that, that was well, embarrassing. It's, it's going to be a big test for us this week. Just, the last big, six times. Our big, next two games are big tests. Yeah, the, big tests. The last six times has been free apiece um, with the, us and the Tigers. We win one, they look, win one. And we've only won two in a row on that time, and that was in 2015 and 16. So if you go by that useless trivia, it's our turn to win. Mm. So um, I'm banking just on that for us to win. <laughs> um, it's going to be, you know, if if we lose, it's going to say, oh, media's going to go, oh, the Eagles are back in the hub. They've got no chance again. So this is a good chance for the Eagles to put their foot down, win it, and they go, we're, we're here. You guys get ready because we're the real deal. Okay, so I've looked at the draw and I'm so invested in this game. You know, if we win it, we go second on lap. Yeah, we we're win one it. game behind. We're yeah. they're one game behind. No, we we are. Yeah, we're, yeah, sorry, yeah, we're one game behind, and that's a bit of a trump card for us right now, isn't it? Yeah. We're the only one in the eight that's played twelve games. Everyone else yeah. has played thirteen. Now, I looked at Mountain. we're two. Okay, yeah, so our percentage is vastly bigger than yeah. St Kilda. So barring sixty point wins and sixty point losses, which I don't think is going to happen for either side, they need to win two games to get ahead of us. They've only got four games left. 
Richmond were one game ahead because forget the percentages because it's a draw. Yeah. One game ahead of them, but they've still only got four games left. So if we beat them on the weekend, that means we only really need to win one more. It's like what we were saying before. And we automate Brisbane's got the draw. Uh, no, the buy, sorry, this week. So then we automatically go to, to second on the ladder. This is such an important game. And this is why we all agreed last week this GWS game was a must win because it alleviates the pressure from this hub. If we can beat Tigers on Thursday, we are in such a great yeah. position to not only lock in top four, but finish top two. Yeah. And that's going to be good because, as we talked about at the top, top of the show, we get round eight in a home. The AFL's already said that uh, West Coast, Port Adelaide are entitled to a home final if they yeah. qualify for one. Mm. So it's going to hinge a lot. Like you said, it's it's a game of the season for me. I think it's been a cracker. Uh, let's go through the injury list. Hutchings, is, he's available. Redden's available for a test. Groin, um, Elliot Yo is probably going to come back the last game, Zimmo said today. They're hoping they can get a game in before finals if we make it, which we should. Because we only have to win one more game to consolidate a finals berth. Yeah. Uh, Waterman uh, is the same. He went on the flight, even though he's got two weeks. Schofield went on the flight. A lot of people predicted he wouldn't. Um, I can't see him playing, but Petrucelli still in a hamstring. So it must be the worst hamstring out, or he's had surgery that we don't know about. And Vardy didn't fly because of his compartment syndrome. Um, Richmond, they're without Shane Edwards still. He's still in Melbourne with the birth of his uh, baby boy or girl, whatever it was. David Asprey's still out with two to four weeks. And um, then Curvis sees a test this week, so he's probably the only one that might come back in. Where do you start with the players? Got, let's face it, this is our biggest test. Mm. They've got some great players, Dustin Martin, Cochin, Lynch, Rewalt. Shea Bolton's playing great footy yeah, at the moment too. he's playing his best he's a real football. Uh, Bolter, he's playing pretty good down the back as well. Hooley, he's back in. Castagna, Pickett, Lambert, Rioli, God, they got it. And Grimes, the uh, the diver. So yeah, it's going to be a good, it's going to be a good game. Say what you like about Grimes, he's a great player. Oh, he's a great player. He's, oh, he I might, don't. He yeah, might die a bit, but he's a brilliant. Yeah, player. I, I discuss, I've lost him as well. I yeah. took a shot, them, but I actually do rate them as defenders. No, both players. I'll tell you what, brilliant. I don't rate though, is their ruckman. And I've already said previously, I think Nick Nat's our barometer. Who's been doing the Ruckman show, isn't it? Uh, they've been, uh, I think they had Baldwin in there, then Nankuris has been out, Charles has been doing it for a bit. Um, they did bring in, they did bring in another, I've forgotten his name, but they did bring in a but they're I'll not that good. Makarov, and been? even in their prime, they don't win many clearances. Hmm. But see, with Nick Nat's tap and our clearances, and even three weeks ago we talked about Shuey's, if he gets a clean clearance, it's like... In my opinion, the best in the league, even above Cali. Like when he gets it, it's just it's a remarkable what he can do with that clearance. So, really, I think we can hurt them a lot more than a normal team winning the clearances. The, the key key to beat Richmond, and this is what a lot of people have been saying over East, is you play the one loose man in your defence, and they find it hard to win. Mm. So, will Simo approach that? That will he put somebody as a floater? Will he have Duggan as a sweeper? Will he have Nelson as a sweeper? Um, I reckon he will. 
oh, I think we're so well drilled in, in the back. We're just talking about it where we cover for everyone. We, we get back. You'll see um, Alan or Brandon take a mark in the back line sometimes. So we clog up space. We're very good at that. Yeah. Um, and it's funny, last year when we played them, and it's notorious, and I'm an Eagles supporter, and it is true, if it rains... It affects us. The Jew affected us. I'll come back to the Jew because I actually heard something about that. Affects us. We destroyed Richmond last year, and then it started raining at halftime mm. and yeah. quite a bit, no, and they won by a goal. Yeah. Um, so this is a good positive. Our ground ball isn't yeah. great. But do you know what I heard Jonathan Brown say? He called it the eco winds are in there in September. The grounds aren't as dewy as they were when we first went there. Now, I don't know if that's like the... Sea doctor here, you know, the breeze. Mm. But he said the breeze comes in in September. He said the grounds aren't that dewy up there. And obviously people that don't know John Brown, he should know him as one of the greatest forwards ever, but he's a Brisbane Lions player. And he's saying that he's expecting us to play a lot better than we did that first time because he said the grounds aren't going to be nowhere near as dewy. So as long as it's not dewy, I think we're going to hurt them because we did it at the Stadium two years ago. We did it up until it rained at the MCG last year. We had their measure. So as long as it's a dryish ball, as I said, I think we're one of those teams, and this isn't underplaying Richard, it's just their game style. Our game style can hurt this. That's, I, I find with Richmond, they keep both Rewald and Lynch deep. Now, if we can pull one of them out of there, we'll go a long way to helping us as well because they both play deep and they 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 like the chaos ball, but they like it in the air too deep. So if you can drag one of them out, I reckon mm. they might expose their structures a little bit. Um, like I said, Bolton, he's in career form in the guts. He's mm. given Cochin a bit more of a wing roll. Yeah. My thing is, Yo is missing, and he when we basically play Tigers, he's always on Martin. Mm. So are we going to lock him down? Are we going to put a Duggan on a... In a lockdown role or a Nelson, we don't like to do uh, it. Do wouldn't we? be Duggan. Yeah, I reckon Sheed. I reckon they're going to do no. Sheed because yeah. he he took. No. Well, no. who else? I don't think they're going to. Uh, the only one no. I can see doing it would be Nelson. I'd say Nelson. So, uh, who would you take out the centre? Well, we don't Kelly, Shuey, or Sheed. You don't have to take anyone out. You don't. You don't. You just. You can start. start. No, you can start Nelson in the middle. As soon as the ball down, you can do whatever you want. You mean don't start him in the middle, but once the ball's down. No, no. Start Nelson in the middle. And then whoever it is, start just stay after half back. Once the ball bounces, right, we're going to... Martin hate the I, Martin I, don't work I don't think... Oh, he definitely does. He doesn't like a tag. So, to me, I'll just be saying, somebody put your hand up. You're going to go with Martin. He's going to take you to the ball. And you just make... He's going to get his 14 to 20 possessions regardless, even if he's got a tag on him. And... Just nullify his effectiveness. I, it's just something I noticed with the pie game was uh, without... Uh, without Pendlebury and Sidebottom, they did have Sheed on Trelaw and Adam swapping that mm. whole time. So I think they don't want a Cali or a Shui on a star. They elect to put Sheed on the yeah, star. Yeah, maybe so. So I'm not saying that's where I want to go. Perfect world, I'd have Hutch on. But he's not fit, and I don't want Hutch to come in. If Redden comes No back. disrespect, Hutch. I don't want Hutch to come in because I think we're past that. Um, but, yeah, I want to lock down Harden, but... I, I honestly think it would be like a sheet and they won't lock down on him. Right. Will Redden come back in? Uh, if he's fit. I'll, I give him, I'll fit. wait to Tuesday. Yeah. Compressed season. All right. This is a question for I was going to bring it up in the last um, segment. But Nick Reed, does he hold his spot? Um, I obviously don't see too many changes this week. But if there was a change, he could be it. Because he, 
Yeah, it's gonna, he's the one to go, I'd say. And I, I think if Redden, if, if Redden is fit, they'll play him. And I think Reed will be the one to go out. Did look, it was great in that first game, but he, he just didn't do enough last week. Yeah, I, I like his first game. I thought he was a very passable player. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, he didn't do enough last week. Yeah. Um, and you've got to remember, we've got O'Neill and we've got Brander in there, so we are still blooding that youth. The, well, o- the only problem with Nick uh, Reed is we're having so much trouble with those small forwards. Who's going to take his... His spot if they're looking at a genuine, not a matchup, a genuine small forward. I just see that small forward position as being the one they're going to rotate, and they'll be looking at what we got um, I, over the next few weeks. Because uh, uh, Simo said he's going to rest players. I don't think it'll be this week because this week's too important. Mm. Um, Essendon's a danger game to me. We seem to. No. They seem to lift for us. I don't yeah. know. We we play. We don't. They but, lift for us, and we go down with playing them. So. We'll, we'll talk about them on Sunday or Saturday when we do another podcast via Zoom. Um, yeah, I just think he's um, he's he's got to be dropped. I think hmm. just going forward. Um, if you're not impacted, not doing a job, chuck Cameron back in there. Um, if Petrocelli was fit, he'd be in there. Hmm. Um, do, do you give Brayshaw a go? Is this kid going to get given a go? No. Nah. if he doesn't, he's gone. There's got to be something that they're seeing that we, none of us do. I think he's a bull. There's got to be. I and think he's a bull. So they want he's these fancy the players. players. Yeah, but that's what I, mean. I think he's just a hard. He's a workman type player, isn't he? And I think they like O'Neill because of his kicking. They like Brandon because of his pace. They like Ainsworth because they just see so much potential and he's highly touted. I don't think he will, sadly. Um, but that said, we have gone in when Waterman was fit with a taller mm. forward line. So maybe you push Brander, bring Redden in, push Brander back and go with a forward, yeah. taller forward line. Is, is Brayshaw a two-way runner? Because that's their big thing. That's what Simo's yeah. big thing yeah. is, two-way running. That is the key. There, to there is got to be something. Picked. But what do you think of uh, O'Neill? Because he's another young well, kid I, I talked about. Oh, yeah. I thought he was serviceable, but didn't set the world on fire. No, got a goal, and that was. Yeah, I thought I ten disposals was a goal, couple tackles. Yeah, ten he did, did he? Yeah, he didn't do too. I didn't bad. notice him that. I thought first game not too bad. I was happy with that. Yeah, look, and um, oh, look, you know they gave uh, uh, Ainsworth a few games. They got to give O'Neill a few. Yeah, uh, I think he can have a bit of liberty giving a guy like him a bit more games than Nick Reed because Nick Reed, small forward is one of the hardest positions on the ground. Oh, people easily. think I'm joking about it, but it's one of the hardest games on the ground, places on the ground. Because if you don't goals, you don't get your goals. If you're not the fall of the ball, you're the first one out. Mm. I got laughed at saying this, but defenders to me are just taggers. <laughs> so as a small forward, you're just getting tagged the entire time. Defenders to me are failed forwards. <laughs> 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 That's the way I see it. Um, look, um, quickly before we end, because we're going to end the show pretty soon, because uh, we're going to have another show later on the week. We we always say the midfield's where we're going to win it. This is definitely another right. one. That's a mid- every yeah, game's a midfield it, it, game. It's got to be the midfield. But in saying that, our back line's the one that wins us the game. I was going to say, GWS, uh, we didn't hmm. win that midfield battle, I don't think. No. I, 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 I touched on before. I reckon Nick Nat. I reckon Nat is our barometer. I reckon the ruck. So not just the midfield. I reckon if we can really grab hold of that ruck and give the midfielders first use of the ball, that's where it's going to be. So from the first bounce down, that's where it's going to and be. And if won. we get the, get him into onto the six on six yep. straight away without it and get a mark, we could 
yeah, win the game, but obviously we can. But. Very much so, because you talk to they don't like loose in their back line. Hardly yeah. complains about it. But they play kind of a similar game. They yeah, like right. a free up Grimes or have lost, and they like that. So exactly what Wayne said with the 6-6-6, if Nick Nat can expose their weakness, that I think is the ruck, they don't win the clearances most games, and we can get it in quick. Wayne said with the 6-6-6, that's where we'll win the game. And let's hope this week JK gets some bloody free kicks from the umpires. He got scragged so many times last week. Non-stop. He's got about three, four kicks in front of goals. He's, he's just too mm. good to mark, so they just bring him down. All right, winner in margin. Eagles by 17. Eagles by 10. I'm being devil's advocate here. Uh, so kiss of death. <laughs> kiss of death. A kiss of death, for fuck's sake. Richmond by four points. All right. Oh. I'm hoping I'm wrong. I think so, we need uh, to bring in suspensions for like <laughs> the podcast next time. Afford. It'll just be waiting. I think, only, I think I've only done it once this week. Bundaberg lemonade if he's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Bundaberg lemonade is all around if I'm wrong. All right. Catch you guys. Uh, we'll be back on the weekend with a shorter show against Essendon. See you, mate. See ya. Yeah.